Welcome to the Professional Plumber Podcast. We hope that these podcasts will bring some insight into who we are and what we do. So while in conversation with the PIRB, sit back, enjoy, and make sure to connect with the PIRB on Facebook or at PIRB.co.za or more. It's a lack of warm and hearty welcome to you, our listener out there. This is going to be another technical discussion. And in this episode, we're going to discuss water pipe sizing. Now, with me in studio, I have Mr. Richard Bailey. Richard, a warm welcome to you as well, and thanks for joining me. Thanks, Willem. Uh, as always, good morning to you, and um, thanks again for having me. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be here and to do these podcasts. Thank you. Before we head into our conversation and before I fire away with all of the other questions, uh, let's hop into an ad break just quickly. Are you a tradesperson or a trading company that is looking for a platform to market your services? Let Articulated speed up the process for you. You can use our podcast to sell your services. Email us for a quote at organizer at articulated.co.za. You can also visit our website at www.articulated.co.za. Don't forget to download the all-new and improved App Plumber from the Google Play Store. All your plumbing solutions are just a click away, exclusively for Android users. Welcome back to our listeners. In this episode, we're discussing, uh, we're having a technical discussion about water pipe sizing. Now, I assume that this concerns only residential and, and commercial installations, not civil. Am I right? Yeah, look, in the context of this for this discussion and the context of the South African national standards uh, to which we're going to refer in this podcast, yeah, it is um, residential class buildings and commercial buildings to a certain extent. Uh, but the civil stuff, you know, the, the, the biggest stuff is usually almost always taken care of by a wet services engineer. Okay. And uh, they will design the system and the pipe sizes so it it actually removes the responsibility off of the plumber's shoulder um which is quite blacker so in in bigger bigger buildings it would always fall under or hopefully always fall under a, a wet services engineer's uh, sort of mandate mm, I, I assume that that is because of the the particular performance or the very specific uh performance requirements that are in place therefore you know and and this is and and you've just hit the nail on the head one of the, the the crux of this whole dis discussion, and and unfortunately, it water pipe sizing is something that is almost not considered by a lot of plumbers, a lot of um, construction plumbers. Unless you're doing big stuff and you've got to do it according to a plan, which is there, that's fine. But if you just if we go to and, and have a look at a normal household, how it has been plumbed, the water pipe sizing has not been calculated correctly. So the, the, the impact of doing it incorrectly is, is the real problem. And you, you hit it on the head when you said there are specific performance requirements. Mm. It impacts the performance of the system. So when, when you are plumbing a place that has been planned and designed by a wet services engineer, that's fantastic. All you need to do is follow the plans. But when you're on a property, let's say a new build, a new house, uh, you know, three, four bedroom house, and it's a normal size house, and off you go, that is left up to you, the plumber. And often it's overlooked or mm. not taken very seriously. Uh, but the onus, the responsibility to get that design right is squarely on the shoulders of the plumber. And, and that is uh, what I hope to bring across this morning. 
Yeah, look, Richard, we, 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 the onus is squarely on the shoulders of the of the plumber. So we also have to look at the job of the, the plumber in like, you know, in smaller installations. Yeah, yeah, that's what I that's what I was alluding to in terms of um, you know smaller than than civil installations. Mm. Uh, so a new property, a new house, um, when you plumb it from the ground up, you take responsibility for the performance of mm. that system. Uh, if if there isn't a plan in place, which there won't be, not not for a normal not normal architectural plan will not have a pipe layout, a water pipe layout plan for you, mm. and water pipe sizing. So you take responsibility for that. And the standards are very specific, and ve- and the, it's one of the largest, uh, can I say, sections? It's actually multiple sections within the standards that that talk about and and give you the tools to calculate the the water pipe sizing, and that shows you how important it is to actually do it, because there are a lot of things that start to happen when you get it wrong, which we will which we will talk about. But let's talk about why it's important to to have the the water you know this the water pipes the size they of to have it correctly and and have it right. Well, yeah, exactly. Because as I alluded to, a lot of stuff goes wrong. The biggest the biggest problem is we use words like starvation and so on. But but when you look at the at the crux of the matter, so, so first of all, Willem, it's a requirement. Mm. Okay, so it's in the standards as a requirement. So it's not a nice to have or a voluntary situation mm. or a, oh, well, nobody told me I had to use 28 mil pipe. Uh, you know, you didn't tell me. No, no, but it's in the standards. You have to ensure that it is plumbed according to the requirements of the standards. So let's just be clear on that. It's a requirement that you make it right. The buzzword is you can look at the velocity of the flow of the water. That's the that's the sort of core of the of 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 what we're trying to achieve here is we're trying to bring the maximum velocity or the speed at which the water travels through the pipe mm. down. So we don't want to speed through a pipe at a million miles an hour. That causes all kinds of stuff. Um, we want to slow that down. So if you by the way, the maximum velocity, and, and while I'm talking about it, <clears throat> let's let's go through that. But I will just um, say to you that there is a way, which I'm not going to get into the details of, but there is a way, and it's in the standards, to calculate how much water is required by this installation, the entire installation. How much water do I need to cater for? per minute. In other words, liters per minute. There's a way to calculate that. Mm. So and once you have that calculation, I need 45 uh, liters a minute for this property or for this particular pipe. Now you can start to design the pipe size, pipe material, number of fittings, etc. around that. So this all resides in uh, SANS 10252 stroke one, which is the water, the hot and cold water reticulation uh, installation standard, the South African National Standard, and more specifically, subsection 7.2.1.2. I'll repeat that. It's 7.2.1.2. This gives you the maximum velocities allowed. So I'm not going to go into the whole technical calculation aspect. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to touch base every now and again. So that I want to point out that there are maximum velocities allowed within pipes. The above ground pipe or an above ground pipe where noise is a factor. Now they put that little uh, caveat in there. They say where noise is a factor. Now one would say, where is noise a factor? When is it not a factor? Well, I can almost 
pretty much guarantee you that it is always a factor. Yeah. In a property, you've got a lot of your pipes in the, in the, in the walls, in the ceilings, and you will hear them. So unless this pipe is uh, 20 meters away from any human being habita uh, in habitation of this house, the noise is a factor. So for above ground pipes where noise is a factor, they recommend a maximum velocity in meters per second of 1.5 meters per second to 2 meters per second. The, uh, I beg your pardon, 1.5 to 2, yeah, 1.5 to 2 meters a second. That's the velocity of the pipe where two meters per second is kind of the acceptable recommended for everyday normal installations. 1.5 meters per second would be for a pipe, let's say, that is uh, mounted in a, in a drywall situation, ducked in, a, in, a, in an office or a boardroom or something like that, where noise would really become a serious factor. Mm -hmm. Then you would drop that down to 1.5 meters uh, per second. And then they have a second recommendation or requirement, and that is for below ground or where noise is no factor whatsoever. Then that maximum velocity is three meters per second. Okay. So when you look at that and you start to do the calculations, and it's quite surprising, the size of piping you actually need to accommodate that flow velocity because it's reasonably low flow velocities, especially when you're talking about 1.5. And so if I need 40 liters a minute to get to a point and I can only allow the water to travel at 1.5 or let's call it two meters per second, I need to uh, 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 facilitate that with an increase in my pipe diameter. And that is what we talk about pipe sizing. So the only way to achieve correct flow velocities is with pipe sizing. Now, why is it important? Because that's what you asked me. And it's important because, well, we've alluded to it already, noise. Mm. Noise is a big thing. We've all heard it. It's called water hammer. It's a generic term for all kinds of noise emanating from pipe systems. It can be a literal knocking. It can be a squeak. It can be a whine. It can be a, a like a machine gun. It, it comes in many shapes and forms, but water hammer is, um, is what we're trying to prevent. And that water hammer is caused by hydraulic stresses, and hydraulic stresses are increased with increased velocity. So there's a whole science that goes into this, Willem, and it's quite complicated, and I don't understand it off the top of my head. When I would want to look at it, I need to really sit down, concentrate, and go through the, the standards and do the calculations very deliberately. Mm. It's not something you can just sort of thumb suck yeah okay and the second thing that it water hammer causes and it's on the back of water hammer is stress and strain on the system on the pipes on the fittings on the valves you can imagine this uh, hydraulic uh, um uh what's the word i'm searching for um um this hydraulic pressure bouncing between two fittings, for example, where uh, we know that water is incompressible. So the hydraulic shock within the shock wave within this water, which is pressurized, actually travels close to the speed of sound, and it bounces from one obstruction to the next obstruction back and forth until it kind of wears itself out. Uh, the, the pipe gives enough for it to kind of wear out, 
but it, it places tremendous stress and strain on the joints and the pipes and valves and all kinds of things. So water homer is absolutely not welcome. And we need to take that on board as plumbers. I say, if you've got water hammer in your system, when once you've, you've plumbed it, that's on you. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a, it's not anybody else's fault. It's on you because there's ways around it and there's ways that, that, that should be um, employed to design it properly so that there isn't water hammer. Before we continue with our conversation, have a listen to this. Introducing the Plumbing Industry Registration Board Company Registration Portal. Now you can register your company to have access to more benefits, including purchasing and allocating certificates of compliance to your PRB-registered employees. Visit www.pirb.co.za to find out more information. You know what the fact is, Richard? Again, as a layman, somebody who's not a plumber, not a technician, you know, I would never have thought of these things. I would hear a water hammer. I would hear the strong flow of water in the pipes within the wall. Um, and, and you don't, as a layman, you don't understand that. But then I have these technical conversations with you and I and I've actually find out that, they are, that what the standards say and what the standards recommend and actually require for that matter. And then I understand why there are certain requirements, and, and that is to reduce that water noise. I mean, you don't necessarily have to hear that, that water flow through that pipe if it's the correct pipe size. You don't have to have water, water hammer if it's the correct pipe size. I always, I don't know why I do this, do this, uh, Willem, but I always, when I, when I draw analogies and I, and I have discussions, I, I like to draw analogies, and I always tend to think of the motor, the motor industry, maybe because I'm a bit of a petrol head. Um, so it's like, it's like buying a new car and the brakes squeak and there's rattles and, and everything. And then you just accept it, mm. you know, Oh no, this is, this is normal. So the question that I would urge people to ask themselves is, is it, do you think it was a, an intentional design to have pipes rattle, knock, move, water hammer, this funny noise is that intentional is that part of a mm. the positive side of a plumbing installation yeah. surely not exactly so if you're hearing these things it, there's something wrong there's something wrong so let's talk about this all right so we can tell the, the consumers out there to have a listen to this and then ask themselves if it was intentional that the, the, the you know is is a plumbing system supposed to sound like this uh, or or was it purely you know a plumber who who didn't sort of do the installation correctly and then when it properly yeah. exactly then it when then it comes back to this question what guidelines in the standards are there for the plumbers according to which they can work hmm. so for domestic sort of um, installations and we can extrapolate that to quite big installations the standard you're going to start to start with is 10252 stroke one mm-hmm uh, in section 7.6, subsection 7.6, it starts to talk about how to go about calculating the correct pipe sizing. It also refers to the annexes. There are There's a bunch of annexes that go with uh, SANS 10252-1. stroke It's a separate document. Mm -hmm. It is not contained in the same document. So if you're looking through it's a separate document, and those two annexes that you want to look at is Annex H mm -hmm. and Annex I. So it's 7.6 is the subsection in that document mm -hmm. plus Annex H and Annex I. Now that those three little 
sections there uh, is quite extensive. You will see that a 7.6 shows you how to shows you the process of calculation. What, what which factors? What what information do you need to gather in? Uh, and 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 it starts off with a literally a diagram of the of the layout of the pipes, and then you start to count the bends, and then you mm. look at what it needs to go through and what it is supplying, etc. So. The factors that would influence the decision of pipe sizing or the designed pipe sizing within a system are many, but they include the layout of the system, of the pipes themselves. How, uh, how, what sort of vertical head do we need to deal with? What sort of um, length of pipes are we dealing with? How many bends are there? How many junctions are there? In other words, T's. Mm. How many draw-offs are there? What type of draw-offs are there? Is it a little, is it a toilet or is it a big old 22 mil bath tap? All these things make, um, uh, are, are factors in determining how much water is required and therefore how, how big the pipes must be. Mm. The material of the pipe, different pipes not only have different internal diameters based on uh, the, the material that it's made of, but also have different, what they call a roughness factor mm. of the inside of that pipe. So the friction loss, if you're traveling through a galvanized steel or galvanized iron pipe, for example, is much greater than the friction loss of a similarly internally sized plastic pipe with a smooth internal surface. Mm. So you, there's a lot more friction loss. The, the inside of the galvanized pipe will grab onto the water and slow it down, which equates to, it actually, um, you calculate it as head loss. In other words, pressure loss. It's, yeah. it's, it's head loss per meter of pipe. So it's what kind of pipe are you talking about or are you thinking of using? It's the types and positions of terminal fittings and the required heads for each. Mm. Sounds quite technical, but what kind of taps are you using? What are the required flow rates? And each tap or terminal fitting will have a required head. Remember when we talk about head, we talk about pressure. Okay, yeah. It's just a term that I think they use across the board. They call it head and head loss, etc. The internal diameter of pipes. One thing I just want to stress here is a 20-millimeter 20, a 20 galvanized pipe and a 22 mil plastic pipe, for example, do not have the same internal diameter. A nominal diameter of a plastic pipe is its outside diameter. That's just the way it's measured. Whoever made that decision, it is what it is. Copper, uh, plastic pipe, if you talk about nominal, nominal diameter, it is the outside diameter of that pipe. So okay. the actual internal diameter is slightly smaller than its nominal diameter. Yeah. If you talk about a steel pipe or a galvanized iron pipe for that matter, the nominal diameter is the internal diameter. So there's a difference there. So we, you'll, you'll hear the standards talk about nominal diameters. Just be, be sure that you understand that some of, it, some of those mean internal and some of those mean external. So mm. you always have to work and know the internal diameter of the, of the pipe. All right. The number and types of fittings that are installed in the system, how many bends, how many T's, how many valves, etc. We've, we've, we've touched on that. Mm -hmm. And so all of those things um, have, have influenced or influenced the size or the decision as to, as to the layout and the size. There are um, friction loss charts in the standards. That's Annex 
I, I believe, uh, where there are examples of calculations and friction friction loss charts, mm -hmm. which basically tell you how much head you lose per meter of pipe with a particular type of pipe with a starting pressure of X. And, and so it, all these charts are available. It takes about half an hour or an hour just to kind of get your mind into how to use it. Mm. But when once you're in the flow, you can design a perfectly functional piping system. It's a big section in the standards. It's a big, big section. Um, the fact that it's so big would tell us that it's quite important. It is important. Sure. And um, I think the a lot of plumbers underestimate the importance thereof. Mm. We, we've been taught by our journeymen, like I was, when you get to a site, now just use 22, you use 22, and then you drop down in half inch or whatever. Mm. So <laughs> that's fine. And if you do the calcs, it might work in, in, a lot of, in a lot of installations. But in some, it will not work. You will have starvation you will have um uh well shortages of, of 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 water and higher velocities which lead to all kinds of other things so i think one of the other podcasts that we will do or have done Willem, is a balanced pressure and this ties directly into balanced pressure mm. so go and have a look at that podcast as well because it speaks exactly hand in hand with this pipe sizing over here Richard, I don't want to go into too much detail about what I'm going to say now, or what I'm about to say now, but the fact is, I wonder how many plumbers actually eh, um, do the calculations, etc. I mean, how many plumbers just get into a building and then they 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 take the you know the measuring tape, they measure the distance of what the pipe must be from there before they put in a bend, and there's no calculation into say, all right, so. If this is the distance before there's such a type of bend and so many degree bend or whatever, then the water pressure is actually going to be reduced or increased or whatever the case may be. They just put the fittings on and the pipes in or whatever the case may be and Bob's your uncle. There they go. They've installed a water water system for you. I wonder how many. Those are the fly-by-night guys that stand on the street corners and have this little, you know, this, this, this cardboard with white, uh, the, the paint on it and it says, I'm a plumber. Um, and that's why I want to say, when I listen to these technical discussions and I hear the technical intricacies of plumbing and, and how complex it truly is, then I understand the importance of plumbers being properly qualified and plumbers working according to standards. I mean, you're right, Willem. Um, it, and, you know, I'm one of the guys that if anybody knows me, I'm that guy that unashamedly is proud to be a plumber. I've been beating that drum for a very long time. Mm. I've been beating the pride in our trade drum. I've been beating the professional drum for a very long time. So I completely, I, I completely agree. People don't realize what it, the technical aspects of, of being a, a good plumber. And, and often the, um, the plumber has fantastically good intentions, but is, 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 is handcuffed by, by the client or the architect or the developer or or somebody to that that disregards plumbing and mm. says, "Ahmed, plumbing's just something you can come and put in afterwards," and it disregards the need for proper design in in medium to small 
projects, you know, not like, so I'm not talking about big civils because mm. that's a different story. They do acknowledge their importance there for some other strange reason because an engineer is involved. Now it's very important. Mm. But the same principles apply uh, to, to my house and your house and, and, mm. this, and the one-bedroom bachelor unit flat on the fifth, 15th floor of a, of a block of flats. That's the same principles. Yeah. Why should that be of less importance than a, than a 17 million rand mansion in, in Constantia? It doesn't. So, and so often the plumbers got good, good intentions, but, but they, they handcuffed because mm. they are not given the building that would allow for a proper design for whatever reason. They are not given the budget. They are shopped to death and told to sharpen their pencils because it's just plumbing and how can it cost so much? Yeah. So they are shopped to death and um, the client doesn't respect them as a, as a profession. The architect certainly doesn't respect them as a profession, uh, nor does the QC on site, nor does the engineer, nor does anybody. Mm. And it's the plumber that's sit, sitting there expected to deliver this perfect product with zero tools at his disposal. And that just makes my blood boil. And you can hear, you can hear my the passion. passion. <laughs> I get cross, man. Because it, it is. I mean, this is oh, what we've true. dealt with year in and year out. Yeah. Just before wrapping up this conversation, have a listen to this. Plumber training has never been easier with articulated plumber courses. Enroll now to upskill yourself at your own pace and earn CPD points. Our informative and easy-to-follow courses can be found on iopsatraining.co.za. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Articulated Plumber. No, but listen, this is this is why we have podcasts like this. It's it's for the plumber. It's it's now in the plumber's hands, knee to to realize that they are the professionals within their field. So, they, that's yeah. the importance. Go back to the standards. Refer to your standards. Refer to the standards. Refer to the standards and work according to the standards. That makes you the expert at the end of the day. And when you stand you know, at, at a new build and you tell your architects, but the standard says this, 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 that, and that. And you, and you tell them, I have to do this calculation, this calculation, and it's not going to work out because of your design, whatever the case may be. That perception, that kind of respect is going to start changing because people are going to pluck out. You know, like preachers in a church can, can call out uh, a, a Bible verses off by heart. Nah. If, mm. if plumbers start to do that when they're on site and they're dealing with, uh, let's call them the decision makers, you know, the, the architects and the designers and the engineers mm. and those, that kind of respect is going to change. That perception is going to change. They're going to say, whoa, you know what? Uh, this guy knows what he's talking about. So that's 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 why that's why I couldn't reiterate the fact of the importance of working according to standards more than what we do on these podcasts. Yeah, and it's and it as you've just alluded to, it goes beyond just knowing the standards. You know, it's it's not just to become technically proficient. Mm. I, you know, my whole thing is, and I've said it a thousand times, and we might cut this out of the podcast because I, I tend to go on these rants. But um, the 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 the, the the respect of the trade of the profession that I'm that I'm in that that to me is paramount. And I mean, mm. the lack of respect that it has at the moment by and not only the plumbers because the plumbers, believe me, also don't respect their own trade. Mm. Um, but the general perception out there, whether it in the in the building industry, uh, the and the players in the building industry, including clients mm. and developers, th there is a 
general lack of respect for plumbing and the plumber. Yeah. And that boils my blood, Willem. And uh, it's, uh, that, is a, that is a drum that I will beat until the last beat of my own heart, I'm telling you. <laughs> All right. Listen, Richard, I want to thank you for, for the information that you shared with us in this podcast. And I truly hope that um, you know the plumbers listen to this and that they realize the importance, again, the importance of working according to knowing and understanding why the requirements of the of, you know of the of the standards are there and then working according sticking to them sticking to their guns so thanks a stack for that any pleasure fantastic film and then lastly thanks a stack to you our listener out there we will definitely chat to you again very soon thanks for having tuned in make sure to read more about the PIRB on our website at pirb.co.za and on our social media channels like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.